Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm the Hi-Hat. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. It's getting so a businessman can't expect no return from a fixed fight. Now, if you can't trust a fix, what can you trust? For a good return, you gotta be betting on chance. And then you're back with anarchy, right in the jungle. Seeing you uh, moping around here ruins my, uh, what do you call it, uh, joie de vivre. Joie de vivre? Dream I had once. I was walking in the woods. I don't know why. Wind came up. Blew me fucking hat off. Cue, Cue the, the theme, theme song. song. Listen, Tom. I'm just a chief around here, so don't bother telling me if you don't happen to feel like it. But what the hell is Leo doing? With that muscle, Tom, I, I, I never killed anybody. I used a little information for a chisel, that's all. That stick's going down. There are plenty of coppers I know who wouldn't mind being cheap and could swallow it clean. Jesus, Tom, I was just speculating about a hypothesis. I know I don't know nothing. I'm sick of getting the high hat. You pay off for protection just like everyone else. As far as I know and what I don't know in this town ain't worth knowing. The cops haven't closed any of your dives and the DA hasn't touched any of your rackets. You haven't bought any license to kill bookies and today I ain't selling any. So take your flunky and dangle. That ain't friendly, kid. I make you a nice offer. You give me the high hat. All right. How are you doing today? We're going back to 1990 to something very, very early in the Coen Brothers filmography. Miller's Hats. No, Miller's Crossing. That's right. Uh, Directed, written by, well, directed by Joel Coen. He does the directing. They co-write, Joel and Ethan, and Ethan produces. Uh, And the movie they would have done right before this would have been raising Arizona and this is the follow-up to that Uh, interesting little tidbit before we get too far into anything about Miller's Crossing is that while they were writing this movie they had a bit of writer's block so they took some time off three weeks off and wrote a movie about a writer who is having writer's block uh, and that was called Barton Fink so yeah they just took a little break from writing this wrote Barton Fink came back, finished writing this, made this, and then immediately made Barton Fink right after. And then the Coen brothers become history. There you go. Of, That's of some am- up. amazing stuff. So, that kind of makes um, sense, though, to me. I don't know. <laughs> In a weird way that you would do that. That's, <laughs> that does make sense. You take yeah. a break from work with work. What do they yeah, call right it? about, uh, that, right about you your li- problems. If you like your work, yeah, you just you t- you p- take another job up for a couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm like, yes. man, I got to dig that ditch from now on. <laughs> Fuck this ditch. <laughs> I need a break. Uh, this movie was not a uh, commercial success for sure. Cost 10-ish, 10 to 15 maybe. Uh, brought in not too much at the box office. Just didn't really, uh, didn't really bring it in. But certainly as time went on, uh, I was told early in my movie appreciation life cycle that this was a movie to be respected excellent movie coen brothers great example uh tons of real classic scenes and so i hadn't seen it in quite a long time honestly like over 10 years now i would say 
So I couldn't quite remember exactly how it all shook out. So I was really looking forward to watching it because pretty much it was going to be like watching it again for the first time for the last time. Um, so yeah, 115 minutes for the runtime. So just around that two hour mark, 155. Uh, so yeah, we were kind of stoked getting into this one. I don't. What's your boy's history with Miller's Crossing? I don't Huge. I, I don't. I don't. I think I don't think I've ever sat down and watched this from beginning to end. I think I've seen pieces of it and stuff. And you, I know you guys had seen it. I I didn't really get to the Coen, Coen Brothers until later than this. Like even Raising Arizona would be hard for me to remember. So, I don't remember Raising Arizona no. at all. So I I'm more of a like later. Fargo Coen yeah, Brothers. Yeah, I think Fargo is when I came in. Yeah. And then I kind of saw Barton Fink and stuff went back and. But I, I don't, I have no memories of this movie, really at all. Hmm. Brent, John showed me this. <clears throat> yeah. When we lived together. Uh, yep. Like so many things. Uh, had no idea that this even existed, and he was like, "What? You know how they do that? What? what? You've never seen, You've never that? seen it? Oh my god!" So he showed me, and I fucking love mob movies and gangster shit, and this was right up the alley then yeah, yeah that would be there were a couple of like scenes really that were memorable for me that i definitely remembered like when they try and hit um i wouldn't even go over the cast but Al- albert finney liam or leo as they call him uh when they try to hit him and he dives under his bed and saves the day runs outside with the tommy gun like that's a superheroic scene he's running out of windows getting the drop on guys mm-hmm. um so things like that really stuck out to me and I was like, oh cool, like this is gonna be this is gonna be right on. Uh Gabriel Byrne as Tom. Tommy Gabriel boy. Byrne. And then we have Leo, Albert Finney, John Tutoro, Marsha Gay Harden, uh John Polito, who you will definitely recognize from a bunch of stuff. Um uh, from like hat. the TV show from yeah the hi hat guy uh, homicide life on the street but he's also in some other stuff he was in <laughs> it's always sunny as Philadelphia as Frank's brother yeah. um, yeah, J.E. Okay. Freeman who you'd recognize Eddie Dane he's been some other stuff uh, he's been in some Michael Mann movies I believe uh, Steve Buscemi makes a little appearance in this as does Francis McDormand um, four-time Oscar winner just playing a little bit secretary part. She's like, oh, just warming up before I slaughter the acting world with my amazingness. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, this movie really did catch on in the uh, in the DVD era uh, because I think it, it stood out as a uh, an interesting gangster piece. The whole trick of the movie, it's kind of like the film noir, but instead of a detective or a down on his luck cop were paired with this deadbeat gangster. Um, and I will say for sure to get this rockin' that the structure of this movie is not conventional, the way that it, it tells the story. Like, um, it's hard at times to, to, like, understand what success even looks like. Um, so the movie kind of jumps a little bit or, <laughs> or stays in certain segments for too long. I know there's other things that Colin wants to say. Uh, (laughs) It's it's an interesting structure. I don't really know if it had a structure, (laughs) to be honest. Yeah. Um, It feels like the whole beginning of the movie was unnecessary, probably about 20, 25 minutes. And you could have just kind of started when he 
he's banging the the boss's girlfriend behind the boss's back and then the boss is going to do something stupid so he confesses that he's been doing that to stop the boss and then he gets beaten up and like kicked out of the kingdom like that's where the movie should have began because uh, all of the stuff we learn about all of the characters before that doesn't mean anything anyway so you <laughs> yeah. could have really started that much sooner I that was a huge problem for me the there's long dialogue scenes in here <laughs> that are explaining everything she <laughs> with that kind of you know she yeah, I'll tell you what's going on. See, and then well, you that's can tell what I me. was going to say. It's a detective <laughs> noir, but instead of the monologuing, it's all exposition. Yeah, it's discuss-a-logging. Explain-a-logging. <laughs> discuss-a-logging. <laughs> discuss-a-logging is my favorite. There's so much explain-a-log in this. It's, it's defeating mm. because they're constantly... Uh, it, it, sometimes they're like saying obvious stuff which is always annoying that we just saw or are about to see happen when they're talking about that but more confusingly in this movie is that you would li- you would have no idea what's going on if it wasn't for the explain a log and that's not how you want complicated plots to be revealed to you unless you're reading a book yeah like and then it's got to like yeah then it's got to do it a little bit different and back back telling the story but this movie doesn't give you any you it's rare you know what the fuck is going on in this movie there's a lot of moving parts there's a lot of time spent in two different gangs um you never quite know what tom is up to and by the end it's all it seems like it was all this big plan that just went off without it well i guess there were some which that's that's i was gonna ask you guys that the other night like, did he plan that all to work out? Or was that just a big coincidence? Survi- or was it survival and that's just mm. how it worked? I, I, I don't know. I, I think he spun it. At the end, I get the feeling that he spins it like that. Yeah. So that that Leo guy lays off. That he, I, it kind of feels like the kind of thing that Leo believes and he doesn't correct him. Do you know what I mean? He's like leans into it and just walks away like clean. It's just there's so, nothing... It, the, the, they did a b- bad job then of setting that up yeah. because you should feel at the end that oh my god I should have seen this but you don't feel that way you do feel like it was all survival and then it just worked out by fluke yeah that's be- the thing is there's nothing like you can't do that to us in the movie that's like that old Dallas thing that people used to fucking complain about for anybody <laughs> that doesn't know and that's probably everybody listening there used to be a TV show <laughs> called Dallas. Dallas. And they had a plot where one of the characters got killed. And then at the end of the season, it was just a dream. She like wakes up in a coma or something like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so that's kind of what this movie is doing. Um, right at the end, they reveal some fucking, some new thing to you that, that was never planted. It was never sewn in. Like you say, it just looks like survival. It looks like he does this one thing. He makes that comment to Leo to try to save his life. And then it's fucking downhill from there, baby. He just keeps crashing, keeps crashing. You can't tell me his plan is this. No, even with the body in the woods. Leo and him are in on it. Yeah. Right? And then Leo throws him out. Yeah. And then you figure out that they had like planned that in there. He's like, hey, you're going to make a big show. Kick me out. You know, fuckery uh, ensues. 
So yeah. bo the body in the woods saving his life. Like, there's too many things that were out of his control. How the um, fuck that, would that guy have done that? There's yeah. there's two or three times. Yeah, that didn't make sense either. Why that guy shot him that exact same spot? Like, took him out to the exact same place where he took him to. Made yeah, he, said he, he said he planted it. Yeah, well. he said he was planting him on purpose. I guess he knew they'd go back. But Tom didn't know that was going to happen. Tom was ready to just lay down and die. Much like Tom just lays down and takes everything in this movie, which is such an interesting trait. I mean, Tom, he's basically the right-hand man for this big Irish gangster named Leo. It's prohibition, so it's got to be like 1930-ish. I'm not sure if we're ever given a specific date. Uh, but um, some guy is complaining in a raspy voice like this, is he? And he's got problems. He wants to kill some dude, but that dude is under Leo's protection. Leo ain't going to give him up, and so we're going to go to war against Tom's uh, better judgment. And he tries to steer his boss, and his boss like, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. And Tom's like, ah, fuck you then. I'm walking out and getting drunk. Well, and so Tom goes, and he drinks, and he drinks, and he drinks, and he drinks, and he smashes his life into a big, crusty asshole. But don't forget, uh, don't forget yes, the important yes. part of the first part is that yes. the guy that he's protecting, yeah. the guy that he's going to war for yeah. is this fucking shithead bookie who is the brother of the girl that he's banging. Okay, so, there you go. I feel like that's an important part of this. Yeah, right? no, that is an important part of it. It's <clears throat> it totally confusing, is. And it didn't have to be so confusing. Yeah, that's that's right. That's a so big you, and problem. you don't get to meet you don't get to meet him for quite a while. You know, uh, and I figured it out. You know why it doesn't feel like it was intentional the ending that he did it all as a plan. Yeah, it's because um, oh, I completely lost it. Damn it! That's I'll, okay. I'll come back. I'll It'll come, come back, back and it. I'll finish telling the story of the movie. Oh, because sorry. I thought we were doing the job. Leo finds out. Leo finds out that Tom was banging his girl, uh, and she's just banging everybody, and and even tried to bang her brother, which is such an interesting piece of information to make you think, what the fuck about that character too? Yeah, so but that's uh, her brother's word. You're gonna believe him? Actually, yes, I did believe him. Oh. You want to believe him, you sick fuck. What? Uh, okay. So um, <laughs> Leo decides to punch Tom in the face, kicks him out of the gang. Uh, Tom sees that things are going south, so he goes to work for the rival Casper, and somehow they let him in. He proves his way. They take a chance, and uh, will he be able to make things right in town? What does that even look like? I don't know. What will happen? Miller's Crossing. Hats will fly. Lots of hats will fly. <laughs> Hats will get lost. Too. Hats. And don't be giving people the high hat, especially not Casper the Friendly Ghost. Well, he's the only and one. And also don't tell us what the high hat over. is. Just let us assume all the movie. You giving me the high hat. I guess you kind of get what he's saying just from how he uses it. He could have said the rusty canary <laughs> and you probably still would have got it. That's true. He's yeah. effective in that way. It's it's kind of like that. Yeah. Um Okay, so let's talk about Tom, our main man. He is a very interesting, can you even call him an anti-hero? The one thing that really caught me about this movie is that when you have your rundown detective, alcoholic, whatever, there's some thread of good in them, right? Mm -hmm. um, something, something that like save the cat and then you're like, oh, like like uh, 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 Eddie Valence or whatever his name is from uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Like him, right? like he's Nazis a mean son of a bitch. He's, he's a drinker, right? And but but then he like wins you over because he's like actually a good guy and is like actually really comical with his big act at the end of that movie, which is out of nowhere. Um, see every <laughs> Bill, circus see every Bill Murray movie. Yeah, see every Bill Murray movie. Right, <laughs> right. No, that's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, so what we get with this guy though is not that lovable guy and interestingly enough while he starts out the movie and you're like smooth talking fast going banging everybody this guy is like "Mm, lightning and then like slowly he's like yeah i drink way too much so i only had that little flash of cool but now i'm gonna fall over now i'm gonna get the shit kicked out of me by everybody right everyone everyone a lot of what happens to him that's in line with this detective noir kind of movie it feels off because he's a gangster with like no redeeming qualities so you it's really hard to cheer for this guy and um i'm i can't think of what in the movie replaces that kind of that need that i have to follow or cheer for someone in a movie right like there's got to be something to replace that it's also to, to the un- pull- either it's that or the, the story has to be compelling Right. There's also yeah. the unbelievability of his character to have gotten as far as he did in the mafia, but have no skills. Like in any way, he has no skills in any way, but yet he got all the way to the top. It makes no sense. Like he would never be there. So, it, it like, I guess it was just as talking. Just his wits, right? Yeah. But, but he doesn't seem to, he doesn't seem to understand the criminal organization at all or how it works or the, he he seems to be shocked like when that guy gives him the gun he's never killed a man the look on his face like if he if he gotten where he was he wouldn't have the look on his face like he's terrified tom higgins but i'm saying no but i'm saying he'd be cool he would know not to look so surprised he would be like oh yeah sure give me the gun he wouldn't Uh, he you know what i'm saying but he's so hesitant and he's so green he feels green all the time yeah he does He's number two. He's number fucking two. Uh, Shit, yeah. you mean? It's, it doesn't, he's, he, doesn't, he would never get to Tom Hagen's position without having some skill. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Skill. I agree his, his wits are good, but he just doesn't seem in any other way once he gets out on his own to be like fit for the world. The thing is, the only <laughs> yeah. time we get him, we get a chance to see him do his job where, where we're evidence that he's this, he's this wicked strategist. The boss doesn't believe him. So yeah. we don't even fucking see any evidence of his capabilities. All we see is somebody whose boss doesn't listen to them, get drunk, fuck the boss's wife, lose his fucking life, and then accidentally stumble ass backwards into the right situation and walk away clean. And yeah. that relationship between the two of them, that he would do that to him, doesn't make any sense either. Because he's like this super nice guy. He's actually deep down a nice, good guy. If he was actually friends with this guy, would he really be fucking his girlfriend behind his back? No, he wouldn't be doing that. Like, they wouldn't be working together for 20 fucking years or whatever it is. And he's doing that type of shit. And he's smart. He's like supposed to be the smart strategist. And the first thing he does is fucks the boss's girlfriend. I, I don't think so. Yeah, you know and what's good not- strategy? Don't fuck the boss's <laughs> wife. Yeah, right? Like, you think you get that figured out. Um, <laughs> but so, but we don't get drugs. to see the before of how that how that even happened. 
So I don't necessarily buy it because, like, they're both pretty awful people. Yeah. Like, she's so desperately using everybody that'll come near her, and he's just like, it's worth it for the tale. And she's like, I'll give it up. Whatever you want. Like, come on. Like, I'll close my door now. Force it open and force yourself on me. That's what I like. Like, let's go. It's... I don't know. It's it's strange. She... Her her character is strange. Their relationship is strange. So it, it it the love triangle there, how that even would happen, like it's just so dumb. Like why the fuck would you do it? Turturro's a weird fucking character too. His decisions. Yeah. Yes. Like this guy this guy saves his life, and then his decision is to go and blackmail him. Yeah. In a in a way where he cannot reveal his fucking identity anyways. Yeah. What fucking good is this? What is this move that you're doing? Yeah. And then at the super... end, he's fucking going to die anyways. So if this was all Gabriel Burns master strategy, just pop the fucking guy in the beginning. Yeah, no, <laughs> totally. I guess that wouldn't have won the war. No, but you're still on the inside legitimately. And then you can fucking. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Pop him. Yeah, yeah. Keeping him alive isn't a smart play. Yeah, if he's going to do it anyway in cold blood in a hallway, Brent's right. It made no sense not to do it then. If yeah. you're claiming it's his master strategy, I think. Because all that guy did was cause him problems the whole fucking time. And nothing would have changed had he killed him then. Nothing would have changed. Other than like him getting caught, maybe. Like they, they tried to take him to the woods. Yeah. Yeah, his decisions were terrible. He wouldn't have known at the woods <laughs> that they were going to let him make him execute the guy like he could have just sat in the truck and they would have marched him two feet in the ditch and popped him what would you have done then yeah those guys are also like complete idiots for not assuming when he's like take him out there he shoots him right they're like oh no he just wants us to give you a ride like that's not the fucking case Uh, it's just it's it feels like like unrealistic decision making by a bunch of characters and that just happens to make the story work yeah. And the convenience of those things, like I'm all down for, um, you know, for a huge coincidence here and there, but the bad decision-making continuously by every character, even the characters that I'm supposed to revere for their good decision-making. Yeah. What am I getting from any of you? It's it's like, I wonder how good or bad Raising Arizona is because it's almost like they hadn't figured out yet how to write characters that were believable in any way. Well, and the, these aren't interesting on the, you know, the Coen brothers' interesting character scale. These would rank very flat. Like These would be the worst, maybe, that I've seen like, of theirs. Think of the range that Albert Finney has to play here, from, like, tough boss to basically crying for Tom to stay, uh, to being, like, down and out because his girl is, is banging someone else, to back to, like, rage and anger. So, I mean, he he's he's all over the place. Uh, unstable is what you're saying. Yeah, but like not in <laughs> not in unstable. a funny not in a funny way like a like a, a, a like a unstable, Fargo memorable like character way. John likes like, the yeah, funny no, unstable people. Like the ones well, no, but that's what like the, the Coen brothers the are good at. Not mentally ill, but funny mentally ill. Yeah, yeah, right. Funny, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. So like th- maybe I don't think that's what they were going for. There is some humor in this movie, but th- these characters aren't like that. And maybe this movie would have been better f- for it if the characters were more interesting because um, the story is like not dragging you like by the edge of your seat. Because like we said before, it's not like you, you don't get what's happening. You're just waiting for the next thing to happen. So like 
here's a here's a, a, a like the big Lebowski, right? There's your detective noir with a completely likable main guy. You fix all the problems of this movie if you have the dude as your lead, which is strange, but you yeah. do because well, it, it, Gabriel Burns exact just same story. That's what's so funny is, yeah, these all of these noir stuff are all so similar. Yeah. And so, um, so then you can like you can say for the genre like usually there is voiceover. Yeah. Oh, me fucking hat blew down the lane this day, but my buddy married the old lady, and I said fuck off and walked away from everything. <laughs> the end. Um, because that's how this movie ends. He just says fuck everything and is like I'm done. And we're like, to what? Where are you going? What? What did you want? Did I don't it happen? Remember. What did he do? He Tell leaves. He just says no. He doesn't want to be Leo's right hand, and oh, he just like right. walks away, and then like goes to masturbate in a forest brush. But is he with his girl? No, no Leo's she gonna goes marry to marry him. the other guy. Oh, marries right. Leo. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's yeah. Back dumbest to Leo. fucking thing too. Yeah, that's awful too. So every as Colin taught me long ago, at the end of the movie, nothing would have changed. No. Well, I guess the other gang is gone. But they weren't like bad guys to me, really, except that Casper was being a little unreasonable at the start. I thought Casper was reasonable instantly. They make him reasonable to me when he talks about ethics. Like, we're bad guys, but ethics among thieves, right? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. you can't fucking trust a guy with morals. And that's why he's willing to fucking um, go in with Gabriel Byrne, is because he knows he's a man of character, right? Yeah, yeah. He pretends to be. So tense, yeah. <laughs> um, so I like to me, I find him to be kind of a more sympathetic character. Me too. Agreed. He's the only one who seems believable. Even yeah, he's with getting his son fucked. and stuff. And his son <laughs> is not maybe the best son, but also he smacks his him around. Son, so he's he smacks him around so clearly. He's not the best father. <laughs> yeah. Because um, he smacks that kid hard. Why does he smack that kid again? And then when the kid's crying. The kid's goes, freaking out. Oh, did somebody hit ya? <laughs> the kid's a, the kid's a spouse. <laughs> it, was, it was him. <laughs> that yeah. is that, such a crazy thing to say to that's somebody. That's the best line in the whole movie. No wonder oh, his kid's like that. He's probably terrified to saying. do anything. It's always the parent. It's not the kid. But, uh... Yeah, it's definitely him. He did it. Now, poor fucking kid, man. This movie would have been worse if there was voiceover, though maybe you could have forgiven it because, again, it, it fits with the genre typically. But this movie, with the, the whole way they decide to handle that is through just long conversations between not that interesting people. Mm. It works. It really slows the movie down. It works against it. Um, I, I don't know. You'd have to... I wish there was a way they could have tied things together a little bit better so that it was like we could see what we were shooting for or at least be misled a little bit. And then, boom, we went a little left. So surprise, but not like I'm done. Fuck off. Yeah, you fucking nailed it with that, actually. It's not that they pull that switcheroo at the end. It's that we never have any direction. So at yeah. the end, it's not a twist. It's just another fucking direction. Yeah. And we just feel like we were fucking lied to the whole movie. Do you know what I mean? Because we couldn't have seen how we were going to get the there. Machine. Yeah. It's just, it feels to me like an incomplete thing, like a great story here to be had for sure. But I don't feel like it was told well. Maybe rushed, right? Yeah. Not enough revisions. I don't not know. Not enough notes. Oh, God, Too many notes. No notes. 
It's like so. It's too. There, there, there are so many easy ways to fix it. Hmm. Yeah. The storytelling is just really, really bad. Yeah, and the well, characters the are acting. not believable. Even if this, even if the storytelling was good, the because you don't believe anything any of the characters are doing, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And they, they, all of them suffer that problem except for one, and he's supposed to be the villain, and he's the only one. The villain, and this is the best. The Dane. No, not the Dane. The Dane oh. actually, the Dane is a real character too. I know the Dane exactly. Dane is scary. Actually, he does a good job of being menacing. Yeah, and the he Dane, detects the, he detects the, treason, and it's happening. So, like, he's right. Yeah. The really the only really good scene for me in this movie where I was really invested is when the Dane gets killed. <clears throat> That's a great scene. I just wish like, it was. Yeah. I wish it had come to that differently because, like, Tom only has one discussion no, with Casper. No, I agree. No, it, you're totally right. They do make Tom seem like an effective negotiator, but like it just that's not enough to plant a seed where he'd be like, because everything Casper or everything the Dane was saying up to that point was all kind of making sense as well. So, so every boss got fucked because they didn't follow their right hand man. Yeah. So what the fuck does everyone have right hand men for? What the fuck's going on? Yeah, come on, people. Terrible hire your <laughs> right hand men. <laughs> You're giving us the high hat, aren't you? The high hat. <laughs> oh, he said it. He said it. Is that the, yeah, we need to write a movie called The High well, Hat. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk though. Let's talk about direction and the the look and feel cinematography in this movie. Like um, that, I don't have a problem with. Like for 1990, for relatively low budget, I think they did a pretty good job of of making this. It looks yeah. fine. It, it, yeah. it feels like the time. It looks fine, the, but the problem to me is it's supposed to be a city. It doesn't feel like a city. It always feels very rural. Yeah. Um, it's probably because it sets. Well, maybe, but he, like, I don't know. It just, it doesn't feel to me like he's a gangster of a big city until the cops start fucking banging shit up and then you realize kind of the breadth of his power, but... Yeah, I know that's so weird that you said that too because there's two scenes like that that mirror each other and both of them end in gunfights or, or guns going off but that's the only indication you ever get of, of how, how powerful he is politically in the city Yeah, and it's almost the exact same scene he's coming out of the building and he says hi to that guy and has a conversation with him both times and he's supposed yeah. to have lost his power, and he just still <clears throat> maintains his capacity to go everywhere he wants to and do. He whatever does. He wants no to. one, yeah. yeah, no one messes with him. No one messes with him as much after he gets kicked out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't. You know, it, it, that kind scope and scale of how powerful these groups are is like not apparent always. It looks at sometimes like it's like a couple of guys, and then then there's a hallway full of like killers ready to go. Yeah. So. Yeah, then the police are taken on a bar and they're barely able to fight back and there's just straight murder happening. It. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it doesn't help for, for understanding what's at stake, um, how tricky these moves are that people are making and why they're doing what they're doing. I just, yeah. Well, it, because... Like, what do you think the inciting incident is? I, I think it's got to be that he turns down the guy's offer. Right at the beginning there. Yeah. 
Because it opens so on that, right? <clears throat> yeah. That's what I'd say, because like after that, that sets in the course of events. That's when, or maybe it's when Tom tells Leo what he needs to do, and Leo says no. That's more the inciting incident than the other thing, because that really See, starts. That's why the movie shouldn't have been that you should have gotten rid of all of that, because the inciting incident should be him getting thrown out of the family, him being again, thrown out of the world. Isn't it supposed to be a decision thing though? Like, doesn't he get thrown out? I guess well, he tells he, the no, boss he, was he decides to tell him, him but he decides like to it, tell him he's sleeping with the girl. But only because he tells him that it's, he wants to marry her. He made a decision though, and he's trying he to got, prove to him got, why she's not worth fucking <clears throat> war. Yeah, yeah. Think think how much better this movie would be if it started there too, because it would be a half an hour shorter off the top. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's a great thing. Like, let's think. The movie starts here, and then 45 minutes later, the Dane just murders everybody. And then he turns to the camera and says, you're welcome. And then we all go home. You're welcome. Or maybe he maybe he says, it's dark now, like Colin <laughs> likes. Now it's dark. <laughs> now it's dark. I, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was reading the plot for this movie, and now the whole first... The whole setup of this movie, like written down here, needs to be explained to the audience. You just don't get what's going on. Who is who? What's what? Yeah, oh, didn't man, we just so watch one of these? Where it was kind of just not. I mean, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is this. Oh, just oh, nonsense? Fuck yeah, it is. Well, yeah, nonsense. And it also assumes that you know things that you don't, right? That you have an understanding of a situation or... Or it just doesn't tell you and doesn't apologize or, for it. Especially the yeah. younger generation. Do you really think people in their 20s know about the Manson murders and fucking... No, none of them know that. None of them knew... They probably knew, have heard of Manson as like one of the serial killers. But yeah. they, they don't have any of the details you need that are not set up in that story. No. Yeah. None of them. You have none of the details. No, and like yeah. this, it's not compelling enough by itself. The p- characters mm-hmm. are not compelling enough. No, no, the and whole the world story like is not. There's a like in these detective noir things. There's usually like some seedy underbelly that you understand, but that's you're supposed to be right in the middle of that, not like clashing with it for the first time or randomly. You're in it already as a gangster. Yeah, but we don't get to see enough of what makes Tom engaging and great uh we immediately jump into how flawed he is which to an extent you want your your anti-hero to be flawed but they also need that that save the cat like even he's trying to like get her his her brother killed like he's just like leo fuck it turn him over and then later on he's like she's trash she's not worth it don't marry and i can't tell if he's doing that for his own selfish reason or if he's like really thinking, of, I think he's thinking of the the family, the the mob family, and he's like, get rid of this tramp. And then when he won't, he's like, well, she's fucking me. What do you think of that now? And that has not exactly the impact he he wants. But yeah. yeah, I think from that it's like he just he has to make decisions at certain points in time. But it just doesn't feel like it was a big cohesive plan. So therefore, it feels like super lucky and. He's Aimless. so passive. It's because he is such a passive character that he's never driving anything in the story for it that it doesn't make any sense at the end that he he was in control the whole time. Doesn't he's make any coach, sense. Yeah. He but he does do things, but but it, it seems like he's plinkoing himself 
He just kind of hits the without control. He's reacting. The sprungs, to, right? He's doing things as reactions. He's not. He's not. But I mean, like he goes to Casper and tries <clears throat> to convince him to work for him, and that works. So he did make that decision. But then, when they take out uh, Bernie to the woods to shoot him, he couldn't have known that he'd be asked to do that. So then, that's like it, it's just so uneven in that regard. Like I can't handle that much. It's not luck, I guess. It just don't make him seem like a genius. Don't make him seem like a genius at the end. Please come back, Tom. You're the best. You made all this happen. It's more like he he made it through. I'll give him that he survived survived, it. And was that good enough? I guess because he ends up walking away after that and we're supposed to be like, that's a happy ending or that's an ending. Yeah, but being tough doesn't make being tough and lucky doesn't make you a fucking hero. No, I don't think it does at all. And it doesn't make me want to watch you. No, it does not. And they they put so much placement on the love story, where they're like, "We should go away. Let's just leave, and we'll like be in love, and go. We'll go anywhere. We can do that." And at the end, she goes back with him. So why did they waste so many scenes establishing their love or whatever? Makes yeah. no sense. Waste waste my time. Yeah, that it was. Yeah, it did. Because they didn't need to keep going back and have her be like, we're just a couple of downbeat, downbeaten yeah, people. Yeah, because nothing comes of it. She just leaves him. Yeah. And we don't even see the scene of her leaving him. They don't even give us the courtesy of that. And like, the, what, he, is, he what is true and not true about her? The other guy he's getting married to her randomly. Is she? <laughs> they made it a funeral or something. Was she bad? Was she good? Was she desperate? Was she... Like, did she murder... Did someone else murder? Did Who murdered shoot? the guy? Did Who murdered the reporter, or the private, the private guy? Dick. Who killed? Did she kill him? They said or did it was Bernie? Her. They assumed that it was her. Yeah, but they never say for sure, so I no. guess we just assume it is. Yeah, because she had a twenty-two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, think a about it. Gun. Yeah, a woman's gun. A lady's gun. But Man, then someone else had a twenty-two was later. Easy back in the day. Yeah, you just so. go around popping people with a twenty-two. They're like, this woman is crazy. <laughs> Yeah, and then the the police and the mayor like they're all flip floppers, so they're kind of comical. They're the kind of comic relief throughout the movie. Yeah, but this isn't bad. quite that movie. kind of movie, you know. It doesn't. That's not. That's not to the extent of the Coen Brothers' wackiness, which maybe could have been. Maybe I mean, they're I'm still thankful figuring that for out. this because they made other stuff after. So clearly, this was a learning curve, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. This was because they've made some fucking good yes. shit. Oh, of course, they're brilliant, um, and uh, still are making things and releasing things. They they're prolific. Uh, this is yeah a bad second attempt at a movie. Yeah, they I can... were going for something. They wanted to do something just like this. this. Is exactly what they wanted to do. It was just bad. It's like a like a um, usual suspects. Yes, that's a terrible movie. <laughs> <It's enough. laughs> but um, that same screenwriter who wrote um, the Tom Cruise movie about time travel. Oh, uh, Asimov. Edge of tomorrow? Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, Edge of Tomorrow. He, he's right. one of the co-writers. Of Edge of Tomorrow, and that's a great movie. Um, that is a great movie. Like I can see why younger me liked this for some of the gangstery scenes. Though when when Leo shoots the guy up through the window and it's like so heavy handed with the cuts and the guy getting shot and being like standing above the stairs and getting shot and then out the window and shooting and then through the window and getting shot 
and shot again and shot again and shot again. So that like was a little bit ben Stiller in over the top. Thunder. Yeah, like that was insane level editing that could have been cut in half. His um, bullets on his Tommy gun, he must have had a thousand. Yeah, rounds. that bugged me too. This Real was bad. before that anybody knew what it would be like, though. Like, this is so you could get away with it. People still thought if you shot someone with a handgun, they'd blow back through a door. True. Like, yeah. True story. <clears throat> I mean, you could get yeah, away he, with a lot. There's a lot more sophisticated audience now, I think. Yeah. All righty then. All right. This movie doesn't <laughs> hold up. Uh, it's not good. It's real bad. <laughs> it doesn't hold up. <laughs> I concur with my colleague Colin. It's not even this worth movie, talking about in depth. It's just all bad, right? It is. And again, I think like John, I just was caught up in the um, glam of an old time gangster movie, like a period piece gangster movie. That's always has like a cool about it, just right. An from appeal? The no, that's fair. Yeah. So I mean, this movie has that appeal. It had that appeal. It has lost all appeal to me now. Um, no appeal. So it's unappealing, I guess, <laughs> and it does not hold up for me, John. That to you does not hold up. Surprise. No. It was really not great. It dragged. It was so slow. The, the endless explain-a-log. Endless, endless. Oh, my God. Stop talking. This one's a champ. Uh, it can't even get away with it as a replacement for the voiceover that you typically find in this type of movie. And the main character is not even an anti-hero. He's just unlike unlikable. Yeah. I don't care. And he doesn't succeed. So I'm glad I didn't care because it just the movie just ended. And I was like, okay, fuck it's like he took some of the key points of making a movie like this and they just said flip it okay so will he get the girl no will he win and get the money at the end no will he get what he wants what does he want I don't know then he won't get it (laughs) Uh, so it it just it's frustrating in that regard Um, so it needed a better story it needed more interesting characters It it just didn't have them so spoiled spoiled but i mean this obviously led to greater things as brent said so i guess it has its place in terms of being one of the coen brothers uh less successful early it's like, efforts it's like a home movie they made in the backyard coen 101 yeah they made it in the backyard of their parents house that's what you should look at this like yeah that's actually not a bad way to <clears throat> to say it because uh, now i wonder but for 10 million dollars i wonder would barton fink be <laughs> be any good i remember no, that no. being having more wacky characters i mean yeah. did we do our brother where aren't there yet because if we could always do that one no we did not uh, do that i would love to do that that's a, probably a good one to kind of do in the mix of theirs yeah you know yeah. There's, there's in january some. nice what's coming up next johnny oh well i'm glad you asked we can tell you because it is fincher's the game Ooh, Michael Douglas. Very interesting. Which I'll say now, I do not think it's going to hold up. I think the story is going to be way too out to left field to be close to viable, and it's going to ruin it for me. I agree with John pretty much 100%. I'm I'm on the fence a little bit. It is Fincher. I mean, I'll give it a chance. I yeah. remember thinking it was far-fetched when it came out. I did too. That's yeah. true. Oh, okay, you guys are, I mean, you guys are not wrong. It was far-fetched, especially the ending, very, very ending. 
just like maybe in today's world you could make uh, the game seem more realistic but it, when this came out in the 90s I think it was 90s right late 90s the game 90s I there's think, some yeah. things I already want to talk about I think, but we I shouldn't think be mid, though. we yeah. shouldn't be talking about it now okay well all right, <laughs> yeah. all right all right just fair, a prediction fair. but I'm looking forward to being surprised because <clears throat> that would be great um we'll of course follow up the game with Black Swan uh and then we're gonna do for our Christmas episode, uh, not one, not two, not three, not six, not eight, but four Christmases. Uh, and then guess what? We have to do <laughs> right. a New Year's episode, which, what do we say we we're going to do? Can't oh, buy shit. me love. Can't buy me love. Yeah. Cool. It, has, it ends at New Year's. Yeah. Yeah. Ish. It and does. Yeah. How, well, we have to resort the to, to find a New Year's. That's our criteria. Does anything happen? Is in New Year's actually. Yeah, so that's right. The theory. That's right. Do they say New Year's at any point? I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, they say Happy New Year's, and then they they dance to Dancing with Myself by Billy Joel. Right on. Who can't wait for that? Uh, Coming Billy up in Idol. a month, just a month until that drops. So get all stoked for that. But the game is the one we will handle next week, and hopefully it'll be better because we're on a pretty uh, we're on a pretty rough patch of does not holds up shit movies since we had uh, the king's speech being our uh, shining star and the wedding singer doing quite well we let off november with a bang but from romeo and juliet to October. blue velvet to miller's yeah, crossing true. we're getting three thumbs down across the board for a couple of weeks in a row so yeah let's hope the game brings it back up three get it up nice all right cool thanks for joining us now. yeah <laughs> that's right <laughs> Uh, thanks for coming out folks it's a pleasure to have you as always these goofy guys and I say thank you so much for listening we'll see you in the next one until then and as always enjoy your shit thanks for listening everyone make sure you follow us on Instagram our handle is holdup underscore podcast you can fire us a comment or two add a movie to our wish list and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.